Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is going to have some spoilers. We cannot talk about this movie effectively without going into spoilers. So, if you haven't seen this movie already... Get your little butts out there and see it. This one's actually really good. They're not going to have a chance by then, dude. Come on. Uh, that's actually a good point. You know what? I don't know. This. I think this movie might have some legs. Like, this movie's making a lot of money, uh, which makes me really happy because this movie kind of rules. I had a really good time with this. And what else is out? Also that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How much longer is that going to be in theaters? Uh, not long. 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way: I could have went to one of two showings and sat by myself last night. So, hell yeah. oh, well, we'll get to that. I went to Barbarian two weeks after release, and the theater was like half full at 10 p.m. on a Sunday. You love to see it, folks. yeah? Hell that yeah, that rules, dude. Okay. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news? You know, speaking of there being no movies out, important to remind everyone that uh, don't worry, darling. A movie we'll be discussing later on this episode. Finally released after having to hear about it for what feels like three years. It feels like every other weekend something about this movie has come out. All this fucking drama. It finally releases and it gets beat by the re-release of Avatar. Once again, (laughs) James Cameron the GOAT cannot, will not lose. Not gonna lie. I was playing at the same time and I thought about it. Dude, there's no doubt in my mind. Avatar 2 is going to make stupid fucking money. There's not I a mean, single oh, doubt yeah. in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I actually still haven't seen the first one. So Same. Like, Might as well I, do it now, right? Exactly. I can go see it for free in IMAX, so I'm going to go do that. The man cannot lose. And the the story coming out about him arguing about the runtime of the first Avatar, and then just telling them, like, I made Titanic, so that staying in there <laughs> yeah. is such an incredible flex. He is yeah. truly the GOAT. And, like... Maybe if it released, like, five years ago, it would bomb like everyone seems to think it's going to, but, like, Star Wars is dead. No one cares about Marvel anymore. DC never got started, period. Like, that movie's gonna clean fucking house. Come here right around Christmas. That's gonna crack a billion. My man can do it. We're all big supporters of him on this show. Well, I mean, when the other options are Star Wars and comic book movies, you're goddamn right we are. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, man, that Shazam tra- 2 trailer looks dire. I mean, it's... It's, it's also for eight-year-olds, so... You I know. mean, as opposed to... Correct. A real dire slate of movies for the next coming months. Well, hopefully we won't have to check out too many. Well, I will I, say the good news... Well, that, you know. All right. We'll say the good news is uh, you guys see that John Carpenter thing. Going to be hosting that uh, Monster Movie Marathon. That looks like it could be fun. Uh, preemptive jerk of the week if no one fucking records that and uploads it. Yeah. I'm going to be livid <laughs> if I yeah. can't watch John Carpenter talk about Godzilla movies. 
the link I posted, they were like, yeah, it's going to be on, like, five different watch parties or something. I was like, no, come on, just have it on, like, one channel. Yeah, like, yeah no, just, just add it on demand. I yeah, talk exactly. to exactly. Yeah, I don't want to listen. I want John Carpenter to talk about the movie. I don't want a bunch of sweaty nerds, except for us, to talk about yeah, them. Exactly. I want to hear the man himself tell me why he loves... Because there's going to be a bunch of weirdo fucking picks in there, and I can't wait. Yeah. Also, he's a, he's a backup hero of the week, because uh, A, for that uh, Comic-Con appearance, or so it's like, so, uh, Escape from New York was good. What happened with Escape from L.A.? And he just responded, fuck you! And I was like, all right, yeah, give it to him. And the other part is uh, also backup hero of the week, because uh, he engineered a scenario in which he could still get some shine on his name and sit down the entire time. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, that's the most important thing. So, anyway, uh, I guess we can get into our jerks of the week. I gotta let you guys go first on this one. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Alright, you you can go. You go. I don't know if it's me or, like, just where I live, but it's not great being able, not being able to casually say, like, man, I wish Trump was here right now. Without getting, like, five people looking at me and, like, raising an eyebrow. Because it's like, no, 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 I don't mean that. I mean the fact that he's, like, posting about how if he was still president, he'd have better seats at the Queen's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) That's real good shit. And he's the world's most powerful poster. But you express these things too casually around here. And uh, people start getting real friendly. And it's not great. (laughs) Do not recommend. (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. You're like, oh, this is a 30-minute conversation now. What about him calling up Robert Sala and telling him he's better than Vince Lombardi? So good. (laughs) My coach is hotter than Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Is Trump a Jets fan? Is that, like, confirmed? Do we know that? That's so much funnier than being a Giants fan for some reason. I know. (laughs) There's no way there's any sort of consistency with him. There's no way. I don't think he knows there's two New York teams. He also also tried to buy Actually, there's only one. Uh Yeah, he tried to buy the Bills at one point, and oh, he also right. did the USFL thing. So. God, if only we let him. Yeah. <laughs> the world would look a lot different right now. Yeah, it would, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, speaking of the culture war, everybody knows there's no crying in football, which is my my jerk of the week is Mac Jones. <laughs> Got him. Oh, I thought it was going to be David Wilson. Well, uh... <laughs> Oh, that's a blast from the past. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Some of us didn't forget. Yeah. All right, my, my oh, jerk. I posted about that guy for like six years. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I got a Hero of the Week and a Jerk of the Week. Uh, Hero of the Week is Parker for posting that Michael Irvin thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite stickers I've ever on seen. His fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks so shitty that I can't help but use it. Bro, I cannot see anything. <laughs> he, he looks like he just solved the fucking Hellraiser cube. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that I, is, love I'm <laughs> I love every time that I open the fucking stickers tab to post one of our actually funny stickers and see we still have the duck giving the thumbs up. <laughs> Who fucking picked that? I don't know why that's there. I don't know what that's a reference to. I'm gonna go post it in the main All right. channel. All right, Josh yeah. will post it when he wakes up. Just yeah. some squinting slack jaw just commenting dog. I can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so funny>. <laughs> he looks so blind. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that uh, pop up every time Cooper Rush throws it into the dirt is so good. Football's ooh. back, baby. Yeah, anyway, but my jerk of the week. 
Now, Parker in the past has called me the Pied Piper of exceptional individuals at the <laughs> movie yeah, theater. <laughs> and uh, it seems like I just cannot avoid them, no matter how good the movie is. Like, I saw them at The Mummy, I saw them at, uh, you know, The Thing, I saw them at Star Trek Two. I even saw All them these at Terminator. Sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, here's one where I wasn't expecting this quite so much. I went to, uh, I went to see my favorite movie at the Alamo, Mad Max Fury Road. And I looked to my left, looked to my right, no one's sitting next to me. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Look behind me. All right, should be in good shape. Right as the theater lights start to dim, in walk some people, and they sit right in front of me. And these people are dressed up as Jay and Silent Bob. (laughs) (sighs) Wait, hold on, hold on, pause. Was it only two people, or were there like multiple Jays and multiple Silent Bobs? Technically, it was a thruple. There was a girl who was with them. (laughs) <laughs> and and Jay was leading Silent Bob with a, no Bob was leading Jay with a, a blindfold on his head and telling him to sit down. So I guess he was surprising him with a good what movie. The fuck. Yeah, I uh, I would leave. Real. I need a <laughs> refund immediately. I was thinking about pouring my milkshake out on him. Hang on. <laughs> was Clerks Three playing there? Did they go see no, Clerks? No, no, Clerks. So they were just together. dressed as yeah. Chainsaw. They were just yeah. That's just how they're like you know. I don't know what to do with that information. I believe imagine you. how pissed you'd be if your buddy was like, I got a big surprise for you, and you guys dressed up, and he put a blindfold on you and took you to the movie theater, and you thought you were getting ready to see Jay and Silent Bob 3, and then you had to watch fucking Fury Road instead. Oh, I'd be no. so pissed. Why do we dress like this, Snoochie Boochies, bro? Because <laughs> oh, we like movies. Okay, well, let's get into what we watched recently. I've got a lot of... Um, and some of them are actually worth talking about. Some of them I have, I'll have like a pretty good time here. The first one is one I posted about in the Discord, and I guess I'll bottom line it. It's a movie called Mommy Dearest. And I first heard about this years and years and years ago. If you go to Wikipedia and search for films considered the worst ever made, this is one of the entries on there. So it's certainly got a reputation as one of the cruddiest things ever invented. What it is is it's an account of Joan Crawford, the actress from Hollywood from like the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And uh, it's from her daughter's perspective, her adopted daughter. Apparently her adopted daughter did not like Joan Crawford very much. And uh, the whole book that it is based on and the movie is just an attempt to really shit on Joan Crawford, which... Like, I, I get it. I, it's tough when you have a parent who doesn't like you very much, which is apparently the sort of relationship that they had, but it feels it feels more awkward than anything else. I have to say, I think uh, I think the daughter comes off uh, a lot worse than Joan Crawford does here. I think that this is a very embarrassing work. Not just because, like, people, people like to shit on this because apparently uh, Faye Dunaway, who does the... Um, uh, performance of Joan Crawford is over the top. Everyone knows about the infamous wire hanger scene. Outside that scene, I was actually kind of impressed by her performance. She really captures the performance. It, it kind of reminded me of Austin Butler in Elvis. Like, she really looks just like, sounds just like, walks just like this character. And that's tough to do. Uh, but apparently she was also hard to work with. What really bothers me is apparently people were coming to showings of this, treating it like it was a Rocky Horror Picture Show. They were bringing wire hangers with them as props. Uh, Here's what they don't tell you about that scene. After the infamous wire hanger scene, she starts beating a child with the wire hanger until the child starts screaming and crying. It's real fucking funny. Uh, I don't want to retread too much over over my letterbox review, which I thought was 
basically sufficient. So if you want to check that out, go ahead and read that. But uh, something I didn't bring up here is after the movie came out, uh, Joan Crawford's daughter, whose name escapes me, and I'm glad that it does. She doesn't need any more fame. Uh, she said, oh, that movie was too much. My mom didn't deserve that. You say that now? You wrote that fucking book where you just slimed her relentlessly. Look, even if that stuff did happen, fucking keep your shit in house, alright? I don't know. So, I wouldn't recommend Mommy Dearest to anyone. It is certainly not a good, bad movie. So don't look at it as like, oh, it's gonna be so campy. A word that I do not like anyway. Let's get into something lighter here. Uh, if you guys, This is very, very short, but uh, if you guys want to see Simple Jack in a horror movie, watch Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> oh, movie about a scarecrow. Oh, well, the 70s will handle this tastefully. <laughs> uh, 80s, technically, it was 81. So. Same thing. Might right, well. yeah, that's a good point, yeah. But uh, that is the most simple Jack performance that I've seen since The Lawnmower Man. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, Very it's similar rough. movie, believe it or not. <laughs> no monkeys, though. Yeah, no monkeys. Did they have virtual reality in 1981? They uh, wait, when did, when did fucking, what's this stupid video game movie that sucked that Yellow Cyclone likes come out? Tron. When did Tron come out? Yeah, I think Tron was 80. I think Tron was 82. Was that that early? Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I would yeah, later. Yeah, but, that's actually yeah, I mean, kind of yeah, impressive. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell you what, I got a good one here. This is one that really goes back. It's a movie I bet no one who's listening to this has ever heard of. It's called Who Am I This Time? This is in. This is barely a movie. This is more like a. What is it? Oh, I've heard of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for uh, for Parker then. <laughs> That, that really felt like the kid in the back of the class. Teacher, teacher! <laughs> Can you imagine if they Look, used Google Me for, for Alex's classes? I'm trying to, you know, if you've got to go back and do all this, I'm put the fucking raise hand sound effect in. I'm trying to get mileage out of it, you know? Don't worry, I've actually been doing that, so. I believe you. Yeah, oh, it's fun. Anyway, uh, Who Am I This Time is an episode of a TV series where they just did like different stories by different authors it was called american playhouse i think this has susan sarandon scourge of american politics i guess and uh christopher walken and it's a story written by kurt vonnegut and it's directed by jonathan demi and i'm like wow why isn't this more well known believe it or not the people who told me about this were my own parents apparently uh, well before i was born they saw this and they thought it was great and they Every single time Christopher Walken's name came up, they were like, boy, you really gotta see him, and who am I this time? Uh, the basic idea here is he plays basically an autistic man who, whenever he's performing on stage, he becomes the role. He really embodies it, and it, it changes who he is. But once the curtains come down, he's back to the timid, awkward self. And it's about Susan Sarandon trying to get him to... Uh, Become, like I guess loosen up a little bit. Anyway, the whole thing is under an hour, so you can watch it very quickly. And it's on YouTube if you want to check it out. But uh, it, it was kind of nice. I can see why my parents like this. This is a it's a good little production. So I recommend Who Am I This Time. I, it is. It was also nice because it's not a horror movie. It was just nice to get that little palate <laughs> cleanser in there. <laughs> oh well, the next one is a horror movie. Oh boy. Uh, this is uh, this is in Parker's future, unfortunately. This is called Cat People, the oh, remake from 1982. Buddy, 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 buddy. Yeah, the original from I think 1942, the Jacques Turner uh, Val Luton one, is very well regarded and for good reason. It's a very it's a really good suspense movie. Cat People, the remake. Oh no, it's got uh, 
Who, who's the guy from uh, Clockwork Orange? Uh, oh, Michael. Fuck. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I know it. It's gone. Yeah. Well, whatever you Malcolm had, McDowell. Whatever. I did it. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. He's he's in this. Uh, he's supposed to play a sex object for the women. Yeah, that's what they want to look at, this guy. And uh, Nastasia Kinski, the daughter of Klaus Kinski. Oh. Don't yeah, don't look oh, up that oh relationship. Boy. Yeah, uh, here's the thing about Nastasia uh, Kinski. Uh, she's perhaps the most beautiful woman who ever lived. Uh, it's it's alarming. So as far as an erotic thriller works, good casting on that one. Because uh, I was kind of like gaping at the movie. I was like, oh my god, how the hell? I I almost don't want to tell Parker uh, what the premise of the movie is, uh, unless you already know it. I seem to think that you've heard about some of this, Parker. This movie has a reputation for just being so horny you can just feel it in the air. Yeah. Like it permeates the atmosphere. I told Parker this off mic, but it's kind of one of those things that pisses me off about a lot of letterbox reviews. They'll say, this movie is so relentlessly horny. And I was putting on this one, I'll be like, well, of course they're going to say that. This is an erotic thriller, but uh, no, they're right. This one is uh, kind of alarmingly horny. I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing? There's a I lot going my attention. on. What's up, right. Alex? Why is there a thriller on the horror list? <laughs> it's a fair question. That's a great question. Uh, actually, I will say the practical effects at this point... They're actually kind of good, so you could have a good time with this. Is it embarrassing? Yes. But uh, also, Nastasia Skinsky. So, also, again, don't look up that relation with her. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I think she's better than her father. I don't think her father was that good. But uh, she's really good in this. Next up is... <laughs> We're going to have some jokes with this. This is a movie that's just called Q. Oh, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this movie is about January 6th. Uh, no, it's a, <laughs> this movie, I, I have to say, I was actually really looking forward to this just because of the cover art. Uh, it, was, it was painted by uh, Boris Vallejo, the guy who does like the Conan paintings. And it's a dragon sitting on top of the Empire State Building. You're like, holy shit, that looks like fun. Dude, this has like the same effects budget as like the Puma Man. It's like... Yeah. You, you learn real quick with Leonard Cohen movies. Yeah, you barely see the fucking. You only ever see its claws. And it, it's what was that fucking one where like Parker sent us a picture of that black and white oh, fucking demon bird thing? giant claws. One of the yeah. best movies right. ever made. It fucking looks like that. It's got a. Oh, it it looks really bad. Uh, it's not like a horrible movie, but it's just it was nothing close to what I was expecting. I was actually kind of expecting like a sordid sorcery with maybe like a little bit enough gore to put it on the horror movie list. No, it's kind of like a crime movie. It's kind of like Shaft, but instead of uh, a big black guy, there's a dragon. So, you know, have fun with <laughs> that. We should have done that in Shaft. You know, the interesting <laughs> thing is that Shaft is in this. Richard Roundtree is one of the detectives. So, you know. Well, uh, we talked about the main character. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds identical to Bill Burr. <laughs> it's very distracting to have someone who sounds just like Bill Burr talk about a giant dragon on top yeah. of the Chrysler building. <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of money off this. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's impossible to watch. <laughs> the guy's actually a pretty good actor. Michael Moriarty, I guess. Uh, he's actually pretty good in this. But uh, yeah, very silly. Uh, speaking of very silly, uh, I decided I needed yet another palate cleanser from the list, which is starting to hurt a little bit right now. I watched Rocky Three, 
which Hell, uh, yeah, dude, this, was sold, this was sold to me as the best in the series. I'm not sure if I agree, but it was a good movie. I did have a good time with this. Uh, this is the one with uh, Mr. T as uh, Clubber Lang, who, you know, he does the thing that I think more boxers ought to do. He tries to use his words before he uses his fists. But, and Rocky is just like, no, I'm, I'm going to punch you in the face instead. So I think Rocky's the real villain here. Anyway, uh, you know my favorite part about this movie? In the, the previous two movies, my favorite character was Tally Shire, uh, Adrian. I thought that she was a really underrated character. In this one, it's... Um, uh, who's, the, who's the main uh, opponent for the first two movies? I forgot his name. Apollo Creed. Apollo oh, Creed, Creed is uh, yeah, 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 he's my favorite character in this one. Because he, he trains Rocky and he helps him out. I will say... I wasn't expecting uh, Burt Young, who plays Polly, to just come out as racist. <laughs> like, he, like <laughs> you look at him, and your first thought is, "Oh yeah, for sure." But we live at a different time. We live at a time in which, like, racism is sort of like kept under your breath. And he just says, "No, I don't like these people. I got a reputation. I don't. I don't want to be with these people." <laughs> and uh, I would say, Polly, yours is a reputation you don't want. You know, Man, they're from they're from Philadelphia. They can't help it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They go to L.A. knowing they can't eat shit at any of the restaurants, so, you know, they're starving. <laughs> I don't even have any horses out here. Yeah. Bert, I, I kind of like that Burt Young comes back as, like, a very contemptible character. I mean, a lot of people need to realize that guy fucking sucks, and as such, he's a very realistic character. Yes. Oh, I thought I heard a. I thought I heard a ding. Oh, oh my fuck. god, he's here. It's happening. Oh, it's my happening. God. Oh, shit. All right. Don't edit that out, but nope. <laughs> yeah, can I get the hand up and down? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh please don't do that. Don't Sickest. come on, come on. Uh, yeah, Rocky Three is good. Uh, I've already seen Rocky Four, and I've heard Rocky Five is not worth it. So, well, yeah. it's better than Rocky Six. So, uh, oh, <laughs> well, I I hope I don't have to find out. Uh, you know, considering how many movies are in that franchise, it's shocking they're not on the list. You're probably right. All right, next one was recommended to me by Mary Green, local librarian and member of my trivia team. Uh, this is called Night Shift. I guess recommended be recommended to me because I work the night shift. This has Henry Winkler. Uh, I wish it didn't, but it also has Michael Keaton. And oh, dude, I've seen this. This movie rips. Yeah, this movie's actually pretty good. Now, I, I couldn't stand the Henry Winkler stuff. I thought that was all, like, really boring, and it makes the movie longer than it ought to be. As soon as Michael Keaton shows up, I'm like, all right, I'm having a good time. Parker, allow me to explain the plot. Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton work at a mortuary, and there's a whole bunch of stiffs and drawers and everything, and they, and they work the night shift there. I don't know that they need a night shift at a mortuary, but I guess if, you know, someone gets stabbed on the street, the police bring him in, then you have to figure out some paperwork. Anyway, Michael Keaton has an idea. Why don't we become pimps? And uh, they they pimp out a bunch of prostitutes, and they get to have sex in the uh, mortuary and a whole bunch of other places. And I have to admit, kind of a heartwarming message that I wasn't expecting. Uh I have to say, uh, their business plan seems kind of sad, and they seem like decent people. This is, uh, as I say, compassionate capitalism. So, yeah, great movie, uh, except for the Henry Winkler stuff, which I you know, kind of fast-forward through that. Uh, Alex, your take on this? Um, no, you pretty much nailed oh, okay. it. I, I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's such a great premise that, like, 
I, I mean, that movie came out in what, mid-80s? 82. Roughly? 82. Early 80s? Okay, yeah. so yeah, like, like you hear that premise, and you're like, well, that's not a real fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it, and it's like, oh, this is actually good. And also, Michael Keaton's amazing in everything. Yeah, so, he's yeah. <laughs> he's so much fun in this. So uh, I actually uh, would give a tentative recommendation. Oh, the next one gets... Whatever the opposite of a recommendation is, stay away. So uh, I find a lot of the movies on the list because I don't want to pay money for these because they're not very good. And I had so much trouble finding the next one, I almost subscribed to HBO Max just to watch Amityville 2. Yes, sir. Dude. Oh, my God. Amityville 2, The Possession, is one of the most embarrassing movies I've ever seen. Now, the first Amityville is just not very good. It's just boring. And I don't know how they made, like, 600 of these. Parker, do you do you know why they made 600? I guess uh, the rights collapsed or something? Because the name Amityville's... I mean, it's just it's a street, just so... Oh. Yeah, he can, anyone can do it. Yeah. I, I kind of thought, like, well, who's watching this anymore? But uh, apparently people are still doing that. Yeah, you, you found him. Yeah, yeah. well... You're right I there, guess. buddy. Well, this is only the second one I've seen, so I'm hoping I can keep it that way. That's, so two, far, that's yeah. one more than I've seen, so... Hey, is job. it really? Oh, well. Let me tell you about Amityville 2, The Possession. Please do. So, it's a different family is moving into, I think, a completely different house. Like, at the end of Amityville 1, doesn't the house, like, blow up or something? Or I, I, I don't know what happens. It was like, boring as fuck. Oh. Yeah, it's extremely boring. I was thinking, oh, I was thinking of uh, fucking Poltergeist, where it just, like, sinks into the earth. That doesn't happen in here, but... Uh, so, family drives up to their new house, and it's one of those, like, really big houses. They're like, wow, how do we get for such a great price? And you're thinking, oh, it's haunted. That being said, I saw a listing for a house that, if it wasn't in Hagerstown, I would so buy it. I don't care if it's haunted. There's, like, 11 bathrooms. I would love to turn that into, like, my content mansion. What's the it, nude room look like? <laughs> which one? <laughs> it was only $200,000, too, which is, like, absurd. So, they probably don't have internet at the house, though. Also, the ghosts. Anyway, uh, three cars drive up, so it must be a family the size of the Brady Bunch. The dad is played by Burt Young, Polly from the from the Rocky movies. <laughs> Which, right off the bat, I'm like, well, he's the bad guy. Because he is... Can you imagine that guy is your dad? <laughs> oh, what, what, uh, what, what kind of people were they before they became ghosts? <laughs> he has they had thoughts. it coming! Okay. <laughs> Whoa, 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 why the fuck did you call me sir? His kid's like eight years old, you know? <laughs> Just fucking throw it a battery to go. Yes. <laughs> I don't like his costume. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't, like, this is a mean thing to say. Like, look, I'm no prize myself, whatever. Don't judge people on their looks. But what woman would marry him? What woman would look at him and be like, yeah, why not? What could possibly go wrong? Uh, anyway, someone copulated with him enough to have a lot of offspring. And uh, there are two older children here. Uh, they appear to be in their late teens. One of them is actually played by Diane Franklin. Who's Diane Franklin, you may ask? She was the girl from Better Off Dead, who I really liked. I thought she was just great in that movie. And to see her in this, where she's a little bit younger, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm glad that she was in other work. It's unfortunate that it was Amityville, too. Now, they're going throughout the house, and before they even step into it, the spooky aura of the house is making them fight with each other and i thought well hey families fight you know that's normal but the mom is convinced it's the house so and also so is a catholic priest so i guess they know more than i do 
Well, the house is making them do spooky things. Like, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But, like, the dad's being really obnoxious, which, I mean, it's Burt Young, so I kind of thought, well, that's not the house, that's just him, you know? But there's a scene in which the older brother and the older sister go to the attic, right? And I'm pretty sure they're flirting with each other. And I'm like, what the fuck is the house doing now? But if you're trying to make me uncomfortable, mission accomplished. I'm not enjoying your movie. And I don't know if that's, like, the point of art. It's like, art is something that makes you feel something. Maybe it's disgust, which it does here. And But I was like, hey, you know, maybe I'm misreading the scene. You know, maybe they're just, like, doing, like, a thing. Who knows? And then the brother and sister fuck each other. So, oh, it's a French movie. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the funny thing is that Diane Franklin's character in Better Off Dead was a French girl. So I guess this I should have seen this one coming. But, uh, yeah, that is a very infamous scene because I was watching I was like, wait, what? No, no, what? No, what are you doing? No. And uh, the movie is just like that. Anyway, uh, the... Uh, the practical effects are kind of good for the older brother. He actually does get possessed, and like there's a demon trying to bore out of the the son's like skin and stuff. It almost looks like the fly, and I'm kind of happy that I'm getting to that point in '80s horror movies where they're doing more effects like that, where it's like, wow, someone put a lot of time and effort into it. Unfortunately, the brother fucks his sister. What the fuck? <laughs> Look, it's either that you can go back to more movies with British guys in capes talking about castles. Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs> Speaking of, you're right, Parker. This is an improvement on the entire 1970s. I mean, also the that take has aged fantastically well, and I'm I stand by. You're welcome. Most of my takes do. We're giving credit to Parker. Anyway, speaking of British guys talking, uh, remember last week we were just like, "What are you going to watch next week?" And I said, "I'm going to watch all of Primal, season two." Well. I did that. And guess what? It's still my favorite show on television right now. It's very, very good. There's an interesting episode. I, the basic point of Primal is uh, there's a caveman and a dinosaur, and they work together to have adventures. Well, there's one... And one of the cool things about it is the dialogue is extremely sparse. For the entire first season, there's only one discernible word. The rest of it is uh, nonsense. In this, there is an episode that takes place in ye olde timey Britain, where there's a bunch of guys drinking whiskey talking about the savage mind of the beast. And it feels like a Lovecraft adaptation in that it's actually way better than anything Lovecraft ever wrote. No, there are no cats in this. But uh, I had a great time. I really like the ending. The ending's a little bit controversial. Some people weren't into it, but it, it kind of does what Jenny Tartakovsky is trying to do with like an anthology series. It's great. I like the characters, and this is one of the great things that GT's good at that no one else can do as well as he can, is telling a story without words. So, highly recommend Primal. It's Like I said, it's my favorite thing on television right now. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this next one. Alright, I know I'm going along here, but uh, this is called Curtains. It's a uh, Canadian horror movie. That, oh, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> Most people don't seem to like this one very much. I am grading it on a massive curve because of two actors. One, it's got Maury Chaikin, who played Nero Wolf in the Nero Wolf series on uh, A&E or whatever. I love that guy. I think he is a wonderful actor, and just seeing him, even if it's for like eight minutes in this movie, I was just like, alright, finally, he did something else. The other is Lynn Griffin. Lynn Griffin was a girl from Strange Brew. And it's nice, again, reaching the 1980s of horror movies from, like, I can recognize these people, you know? Finally, someone who's not, like, Vincent Price. Uh, anyway, Lynn Griffin, 
wrote her own stand-up set for this movie. And it was hysterical. It was so fucking funny. It, it was like, wow, she has real comedic chops, and it works it into the plot of this movie. So uh, I actually had a good time with this one. So I'm going to give it a little bit of credit. Also, John Vernon's in it, and uh, the story's not that bad. I actually thought it was interesting. I like the twist. Was, I think this one's good. Uh, the next one I think is overrated. It's a German movie called Angst. And it's under 80 minutes, and I was still bored. So that's not a good sign. It's about a serial killer. It's like, what's it like to get in the mind of a serial killer? I don't know. I haven't watched 756 movies like that. I will say the one thing that's good about it is the soundtrack, which was composed by Klaus Schultz of Tangerine Dream, and it really reminded me of the soundtrack to Manhunter. So don't watch the movie angst, but download the soundtrack. You'll have a good time. Anyway, uh, only two more. Trying to go as fast as I can here. Something Wicked This Way Comes, the 1983 live-action Disney adaptation of Ray Bradbury's novel, is so good. This is the single most October movie I have ever seen. It smells like October. It is everything that I would want from a seasonal sort of movie. And yeah, I guess it is for kids, but it's something everyone can enjoy and have a really good time. It kind of reminded me of like Stand By Me, but in a horror sort of context. And uh, the effects are actually kind of decent. The acting is great. The writing is spectacular, which you kind of expect with Bradbury. Uh, I highly recommend Something Wicked This Way Comes. And one that I do not recommend, but it's still one of my favorite movies of all time, I rewatched Rock and Roll. A movie that it seems no one's ever actually heard of. What the but it... fuck is this movie? <laughs> I don't believe you. What? Rock and roll? I've never heard of this in my life, and you keep mentioning it. Yeah, rock and... Okay, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, rock and roll is a Canadian movie. Oh, uh, there it is. It's a... Uh, it was, it was uh, made by a studio called Nelvana. If you were to look up Nelvana, you'd see that they're still active today. And in fact, they uh, animate a whole bunch of stuff. Unfortunately, they got their start doing the uh, the animated sequence in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which uh, Parker's you know what? <laughs> Parker was not a fan of. I recall him saying it looks like it was drawn in a nightmare. Not a uh, fan of most of it. Being yeah. honest, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like the fifth best Star Wars movie. So uh, I know this week. So, but. Uh, yeah, but they did uh, some other stuff, too. They did a, a bunch of half-hour specials, and then they thought, no, we really believe in our own product and our own team of people. We're going to make our own movie. And they had never done that before. And it takes a lot of work to make your own movie, even one like this, which is, like I said, under 80 minutes. Uh, they had a lot of ambition. And I'm not going to shit on anyone with ambition here. They really wanted to be Disney North. They, they couldn't quite hit that because, look, that's tough to do. But what they did is they made a movie with basically no planning going into it. They were essentially writing the script and the story as they were making the movie. And it shows. And there's a lot of flaws in this movie. And it won't appeal to everyone. But I have the fondest memories of this. And I watched it on the old CRT that I have over here. And I think that is the ideal way to watch it. If I could sell you guys on this, I think I would do that very easily. This is essentially a Canadian OVA, and as an OVA, it is leaps and bounds better than any Japanese OVA. You may say to yourself, oh, come on, how could that be? Japan's got so many. The movie begins with a nuclear hellquake. Oh, fuck yeah, dude, there's a hellquake. All right, all right, that's all you had to say. I know why you buried the lead here. Yeah. Now, it's mostly dad rock in the movie, so... Oh, there (laughs) it is. There it is. We found it. It's okay, it's... It's all right if it's not for you because it's for me and it's it's like a little personal thing and uh, I I kind of I kind of prefer it that way. It's like that little like treasure, 
you know, of a movie. And I know I talk about it a lot, but uh, I'm really happy that I have this. I, I think this is one of my more treasured possessions to actually have this in a physical copy. Because it is hard to find. Uh, like, I think the VHS goes for like $250, the Blu-rays uh, over $100 now. The Laserdisc is $15, because no one knows the Laserdisc player anymore. But uh, yeah, I, I like rock and roll, and I know I talk about it a lot, but the art is sensational. Like, the animation is really good really good and uh I, I don't know i like this one a lot anyway i went too long uh alex what you watch all right i've just got a couple so yeah. we'll, we're making up for lost time here don't worry so uh you know one of the things about being married is that sometimes the other person in your house just has something on the tv and you wander by and you're like oh i'll sit down and watch this for a bit mm -hmm. so i ended up watching most of the jim carrey grinch for the first time since it was like i saw it in theaters <sighs> guys is the jim carrey grinch good no no, sorry, I I, I really I don't like that. I liked it. Oh, Do not enjoy that boy. movie. No, I I, hate I, that movie. I I so that was what I thought my thoughts were on it. I thought I didn't like that movie. I was like, oh, this is actually like kind of fun and snappy. Like I'm kind of good with this. Now, granted, I might have just seen the good parts. I don't know, but uh. I had a pretty good time. I'll tell you this. Watching a Christmas movie in September. It, it's tough to do a live-action adaptation of anything that uh, Dr. Seuss ever wrote because he would draw his characters without upper lips, and they put that into the movie. It doesn't work in live-action because, like, it just kind of looks freaky. So it, 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 it looks unsettling. Yeah. The only one who it, has her upper lip is uh, Taylor Momsen, which is uh, well, six years it, old. But also, like, I kind of just, like, went into it, like, oh, he's just Green Bigfoot, so, like... <laughs> oh, that, well, that, yeah. alright, if that's the case. I will say like, Jim Carrey, uh, even if you don't think he's funny in that movie, he gets into the costume very well, you know? And I, I, I agree, and also I kind of think he's funny in that movie. I'm not a huge Jim Carrey fan. Like, yeah. this isn't, like, a nostalgia thing for me. I'm not just like, oh, good, a, a lost treasure from the Jim Carrey catalog. I actually find Jim Carrey kind of annoying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you're, like, really loyal and devoted to the source material, I can understand you not liking this movie. I don't fucking care. Just make a good movie. Yeah, I was just, I was really surprised. Yeah. I was surprised that I was, like, I, that's one of those things, you know, like, you see that on, it's like, I'll watch this for ten minutes, then I'm gonna go, like, fuck off and, like, dick around on my computer. Right. But, yeah. uh, I ended up hanging out for, like, an hour. I was like, oh, you know, not as bad as I remember. Tis the season, um, so. Exactly, you know. <laughs> Now that it's getting dark, like, slightly after 8 p.m., you know, mm -hmm. time to watch Christmas movies, I guess. Yes. Uh, as as promised on last week's What Are We Looking Forward To section, which we have now referenced twice and also didn't do this week. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, me, me too, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Parker, the Andor show's kind of good. Oh, damn it. Now you it's, got him back in. <laughs> look, let me put it this way. Uh, you go to, like, a million planets... And there's not a single character you've ever fucking heard of that's in it. Oh, thank God. And that's that's all I need. Like, I I have very, very simple asks of Star Wars. And that's, don't give me lore characters. And don't give me lore. Like, just cool space adventure. It's all I want. Uh, I don't remember fucking anything about this character in Rogue One. Nor do any of you or anyone listening. So, uh whatever backstory here is i assume all new and not from some dumb fucking novel but i also neither know nor care uh it's pretty good it's uh they they seem like they're trying to make it 
I hate to use this way to describe it, but like they're trying to make it slightly darker than the other ones, but in that sense in the sense that it's just like not a show for babies. Like somebody gets their fucking head shot off by a blaster in the first like four minutes. Like you're it's it, you should probably you should probably watch this one, Parker. God, I, I know, it. I know you like this slop. Uh, I mean, you, you've gotten to skip a lot of them. Like, I'll never be free. It's, yeah, it's fine. I mean, who the fuck else is making like sci-fi TV shows with a decent budget that aren't you know made for eighty-year-olds on cable? Like, fair. I will not engage with any of the Star Trek shows. Don't ask me to. Nor should you. Um, and uh, yeah, fuck it. We'll just get into it now. So uh, I uh, <laughs> uh, I went earlier tonight to see the uh, the hot new big hit in Hollywood. Don't worry, darling. A movie that a I was always gonna see because I knew this movie was a fucking disaster, and b a movie that I always knew I was gonna see because my wife really likes Harry Styles. So like it was just it was one of those where like I saw the trailer and I was like, ah oh, fuck, I guess this is happening. Like and. And then she, she like, like literally, she broached the subject by saying, like, you know, we don't have to go see that. Like, we'd never talked about it before. She just, like, out of the blue was like, you know, I'm not going to make you go see this movie. I'm like, no, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. It's it's content. Uh, so, uh, I guess second spoiler warning of the episode, because I'm going to spoil fucking everything in this movie. Yes. Because you sh- should not watch it. It is over two hours, and it's pretty shitty. Um, and not in, like, a fun, shitty way. Um, so, problem number one with this movie... You know, as I'm sure you know from the trailers, it is a movie where they have, like, their perfect little town, but something's wrong, and oh my god, I wonder what it is, and we gotta get to the heart of this mystery. But the thing is, the thing is with movies like that, if you know something's up from minute one, because of, like, the way the movie is filmed and, like, the story is told, like, there's no stakes. Like, there's no, like, peeling back the layers of this onion. It's like, oh, something's fucked up, and... I guess we're just gonna wait 90 minutes to find out what it is, uh, which sucks because I think this is a movie that, if it were made differently, could have been pretty decent. Um, there are like some things going on here that kind of work, uh, most of which is not the acting or the directing, by the way, because uh, the blocking in this movie is some of the worst I've ever seen, and I I am not somebody that normally likes to harp on stuff like that because for the most part, who gives a shit? But it's, like, really obvious. Like, this movie... I know they spent a decent chunk of money on it. It looks cheap. It genuinely looks cheap. And aside from Florence Pugh and Chris Pine, like, everybody that's in it is, like, okay to bad. Although, I will say that I think in the case of Harry Styles specifically, and Olivia Wilde for that matter, the fact that they're kind of shitty actors actually kind of sells the the role that they're in. Because they end up, like, you end up finding out later throughout the movie that both of their characters are acting throughout this whole movie. Like, they know what's up, and for that reason, like, I'm not saying it's excusable, but, like, okay, so here's an example. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, Harry Styles at the first 20 minutes of this movie has, like, these weird, bizarre reverse accent slips where he sounds American and then goes back to sounding British, and, like... If you're us and you're watching that movie, you're like, well, that's like, how does that survive editing? But once the story is revealed, it's like, oh, he was just like learning his part in this fucking town. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, 
Uh, yeah, go ahead, Parker. Uh, does Chris Pine's Australian accent ever come out? <laughs> and now that you mention it, yeah, yeah. it's extremely, right, extremely cool. jarring. Thank you. Um, Lower my hand. So, like, <laughs> the one other thing I'll say about the design of this movie that makes it an absolute miserable slog to get through is the soundtrack. Because ev- the, every second of this movie, you're either listening to a song that's a reject from a Fallout soundtrack... Or you're listening to Florence Pugh humming this song that she's like, oh, I like I have this song stuck in my head, but I can't remember what it's from. Because the whole fucking, like, three quarters of the movie is her trying to remember, like, this stuff that you can tell is in the back of her head. Mm-hmm. But she just keeps fucking humming this thing over and over and over. And it's never like, oh, she's humming it, and then, like, she has, like, a dream or a vision or something. Mm-hmm. It's like... No, she's just humming it. He's like, oh, it's weird. I can't place this. Oh, still can't place it. Oh, still can't place it. Oh, boy, there's some weird stuff going on in this town. Uh, she starts having weird dreams, which I can only describe, Chris, as uh, Joan of Arc's student film in Clone High. Oh, um, man. <laughs> which, uh, I might need oh, to see wow. this. <laughs> um, but it's the same ones over and over. So, like, you know there's, like, some process going on here. Like, the repetition is supposed to matter. And I guess it's supposed to fucking build on itself. But it doesn't really. It's like, oh, look. You're having this vision of, like, all these, like, old-timey ballerinas. And then one's a spooky mime. Oh, isn't that weird? Anyway, next scene. Um, but uh, it's a lot of that. Like, she starts to she starts to unravel. You know, you, you start to see, like, you know, she's like, we gotta get out of here. Um... And then we get to the reveal of what's actually going on. Because the whole time you're like, alright, well this is building to something. And I use the term building loosely. Because it doesn't really put pieces on top of each other. It just kind of like stacks a bunch of pieces in a line. And then it's like, oh, I guess all of these are connected somehow. Uh, And so what we find out is that, you know, this isn't taking place in like the 50s, obviously. But it's also not like a real place they are in virtual reality uh (laughs) you've gotta be fucking kidding (laughs) they are in virtual reality and we find out that chris pine's character is like this jordan peterson type podcast guy who has created this uh this virtual reality world so harry styles character in this movie is a actually american and b an unemployed computer nerd you can tell he's a computer nerd because he has a horizontal monitor and a vertical monitor while he's listening to this podcast um but uh so it turns out he um like like the chris pines character has this like program where you just like i guess put these people in suspended animation and they live in this virtual reality world and Anybody that you put into the world is just stuck there forever, but you, ha- like, you, the person that does it, has to, like, leave, like, and go work for him. So, like, she's just, like, comatose in this fucking bed with these fucking stupid little things on her eyes that are, like, scanning in this fake reality. And, like, when she finally breaks out, like, and, like, the, the guards come and get her and, like, whatever, then we find out what's actually going on, and then they put her back in. Because it's like, oh, no, we got it right. We just give her, like, electroshock therapy and put her back in. And then within five minutes, she finds out what's going on a second time. And it's like, why did we fucking do this? And we start having all of this snowballing of, like, all the characters. Like, so Harry Styles' dorky American character is, like, obsessed with James Bond, which is why in the simulation he's British and drives James Bond cars around everywhere. Um... Like, you, you start to see, like, how all of this happened. Olivia Wilde's character, who, like, is, like, Florence Pugh's best friend, and, like, the whole time is, you know, like, 
Florence Pugh's like trying to convince her, like, hey, something's fucked up here, something's fucked up here. And then she's like, yeah, actually, I know. It's because my kids died in the real world. I actually want to be in here. I just couldn't tell you guys about it. So you find out that actually, you know, aside from Olivia Wilde, all of these women are just, you know, it's their, their evil men are, you know, putting them in suspended animation so they don't have to work and the man can go, like, work and they can just live in paradise all day because, you know, that's men. They're evil. Oh, my God. And, uh, and, uh, then we find out if you die in the game, you die for real. Um, which uh, I heard about that. Which one. We, we, yeah, we we find out because uh, Harry Styles gets killed with a fucking like uh, a fucking decanter, and uh, all like everyone rushes in and goes, "Oh my god! If 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 you kill his body in here, he also dies in real life. They're gonna come for your body now. You have to get out of here." And then there's like a ten minute chase scene through the desert, and it ends on like one of those pseudo cliffhangers where like. Did she really get out, or is she back in the loop? Who knows? Sequel uh, tease. It's, <laughs> it's pretty painful to get through. Oh, man. But the virtual reality reveal is, uh, man. <laughs> I So here's what I heard. I heard that uh, someone else who saw it in a theater that was, like, three-quarters full, they had, like, 150 people in this one, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was, like, it's mostly women, which, like, yeah, it makes sense, you know, it's Olivia Wilde directing, you know. Uh, when Olivia Wilde's character came on screen, all the women in the audience started, like, booing her relentlessly. <laughs> God. And uh, when Harry Styles is on, there is, like, mostly, like, laughter, I guess. I, I don't know if his performance is funny or something, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty stilted. Yeah, like, alright, yeah. Well, th- so the problem is, like, I think, like, the idea of casting him in this role with a different like a different script where his character has less to say and do mm. actually would have been really effective because i think like the the whole like you know oh he's an american guy pretending to be a british guy mm-hmm. actually really works for his character the problem is you know because he was fucking the director throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. that his role is just enormous and yeah. he's just constantly in scenes and talking and doing stuff and by the fifth time you see him it's like all right man there's like yeah, you know, this is a movie that you can tell who it's for. There's mm-hmm. like, there's like three pussy eating scenes in this movie, like completely unnecessary. Just yeah. like, oh hey, honey, I'm home. Like, I'm gonna knock everything off the dinner table now, and that's the scene transition. Like, it's just yeah, you're gonna get eaten out on this table, and then we're just gonna go to more plot. Like, it's oh, it's good. it's <laughs> one of the the more poorly directed movies I've ever seen. Truthfully, like just in every respect, like sound design, script, the way it's filmed, and you know, I'm I don't need to go into the controversies mm-hmm. about this movie and how it was actually made. But mm-hmm. uh, I can say this: if I were Florence Pugh, I would not want a single soul alive to know that I had to take over directing duties because <laughs> you're never going to direct again after that. Right? Yeah, I will. More like Florence Pu. There you go. So here's the thing. Uh, apparently, when the twist happened, and the 150 people saw it. Everyone started laughing. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I knew there was going to be a laugh-worthy twist of some sort. But, like I couldn't even muster a laugh. Yeah, I uh, really thought like, this was going to be more like a, a Stepford Wives sort of thing, and instead, it's more people... like Serenity. Uh, yeah, you fucking that, wishes. That's, <laughs> I, that's, I was hoping it was a little bit more like Serenity. Gonna eat my pussy, dude. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I gotta tell you, uh, 
when we kind of groan when we hear, you know, all men are bad, blah, 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 the big pussy and see, it's not like we're, you know, oh, come on, no, we're good, men's rights activists, no. I just think you don't need to make a movie that's more than two hours to shit on Jordan Peterson, okay? You, re- you really don't. Yeah, that's, that is like a, remember when he did the up yours fake woke moralist, we'll see who cancels who, you got him, <laughs> they're right there, it takes yeah. fucking eight seconds, you know? Finally, someone took him down in 2022. (laughs) Additionally, like, the people who need to see that, who need to see, like, Jordan Pearson's a bad person, they're not fucking watching Don't Worry Darling, you know? And, and it's, it's, like, not even resolved in a way that's, like, satisfying. Because, like, one of the big, like, climactic scenes of the movie is, like, they're back in the simulation, or, or, sorry, they haven't left the simulation the first time, and, like, Chris Pine was, like, you know, big, famous, almost like a fucking cult leader guy at this place. Like, he comes over to their place for dinner, and they invite, you know, some of their friends over, and Chris Pine basically, like, like while Florence Pugh's making dinner, he comes up to her, he's like, hey, by the way, like, I know all of the shit that, like, you know, you think and you're saying, and, like, I've been looking for a worthy adversary, so, like, come at me, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, Florence Pugh takes, like, the, the like, like, Harry Styles is about to sit at, like, the opposite end of the table as him, and, like, she, like, takes his seat. It's like, oh, oh, no, give me that. And then, like, you know, they try to do this battle of wits, and uh, everybody in the scene is, like, visibly distraught by what she's saying, but, you know, trying to process it, except for Chris Pine's wife, who's just like, nah, you're a fucking idiot. Like, what are you talking about? We're leaving now. Goodbye. And then the next scene we see her in is her going, like, yeah, I've had enough of you, man, and then she stabs Chris Pine. With, so he died in the game, so he dies for real. Oh, but it's just like completely great. fucking unearned. Cool. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, fun. yeah, I, you got him. Um, mm. uh, I've certainly seen worse movies. Um, I will say the last 30 minutes, while not being good, was A, excuse me, <laughs> definitely not worth the first 90, but B, like, I mean, I was watching. Like, it wasn't the end of the Neon Demon. Which, if this had a if this how if this had a worse ending, that's like kind of how I was feeling after ninety minutes. Like I'm like, right, this yeah, sucks. <laughs> but um, yeah, save your money, save your two hours. Um, it is bad in a kind of funny way, but not funny enough to actually commit that much time of your life to. Yeah, like, or just, money. Just uh, just read the synopsis and then tell people you saw it, and nobody's gonna know the fucking difference because this movie is like paper thin. Yeah, well, I support women, so I'll be seeing it. Yeah. Oh, oh, there we go. I All mean, right. yeah. yeah, of course. The woke liberal I, it's just, moralist. Is, is, is Florence Pugh just gonna be in every "I Am Woman" here me war movie forever now? Like, is that just is she typecast now? Because I feel bad. She's so a good she, yeah, she's a very good not. actress. I actually, don't I like hope her. not. Yeah. But like, between Miss and Midsummer, no, wolf, yeah, I know, she? yeah. She she does wait. She was also uh, was she in Little Women? I think she was in Little Women. She was actually pretty good I, in that. You tell me, buddy. Yeah. Well, I saw it, so I, I, I definitely saw I, it too. Yeah, yeah I, I think she was in it. Yeah, she was pretty good in that. And she was not she the was absolutely yeah. in it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, no, she's good in mm-hmm. a lot of things. Yeah. Like, uh, she's easily the best part of this fucking movie. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Poots. But uh, yeah. So uh, you're welcome, America. Um. Parker, what do you got for us? Um, not much at all, because uh, I watched She, the movie uh, Chris uh, signed to me <laughs> from, from his father. <laughs> we will talk about it next week. There is a lot going on, and I have been uh, 
surviving off of Dayquil for about five straight days, so I have to make sure I didn't imagine most of it. That movie is <laughs> fucking insane. And also makes no sense. Like, one of the most poorly edited movies I've ever seen with horrible performances, so... I gotta go double check, because I literally might have imagined half of it. I was reading the Wikipedia. Half of it I didn't remember happening. Half of it did not make sense. I swear to God I saw the word werewolf, so I'm gonna have to go back. I don't know what the fuck was going on there. <laughs> there was a lot happening. Yeah, Hold on, I'm werewolves. Yeah. So, uh, really, Next I don't have anything. Because I finally got over COVID, had my energy back, and then spent the entire last week with just a brutal head cold that... It was work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep until, like, Sunday. I know that feeling, dude. I definitely but know I, that feeling. But I will have to ask, you know, this is more specifically for Alex. I mean, when's the last time you got really drunk and watched Bring It On? <laughs> that's a strong recommend for an evening. Oh, I know, I've dude. never yeah, seen dude. that movie. I, I think I most recently saw that, like, two years ago. It fucking rips, dude. That movie's still really good. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed having every scene of it come back to memory. I have not seen this in probably close to 20 years and it flooded in scene by scene uh-huh I remembered large part of the cheers there was a lot coming back yep. to me it's a really good movie <laughs> but that's really it i mean she watched the wicker man for the first time the original one and Ooh, the good one boy i've seen it before even then i forgot how much singing is in that movie yeah, just right, singing yeah, these little right. fucking limericks all along the god. It fucking feels playing. like it was written by J.R. Tolkien. It is insane. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, good movie. It's fun to watch a movie back when movies looked like movies. Mm-hmm. And had, like, beautiful outdoor sets and production design and all that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, back to the CGI slop for me next week. <laughs> but fuck it, let's talk about Barbarian, a movie that... I desperately want to talk about. Alright. Before we get into the movie, let's talk about the trailer. Have you guys seen the trailer for Barbarian? Nope. Okay. Nope. Alright, so I... By design. Yeah, lucky you guys. So I actually did see the trailer, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for this one. It didn't spoil the movie. It did tell me that there was going to... It basically told me what the first act was going to be. And that's about as much as I need. I don't think we need to go scene by scene for this one. I think we could just talk about Absolutely what we like. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be very boring to go scene by scene. That being said, again, if you're listening to this, we will have to spoil this, you know? Otherwise, we can't actually talk about it. So, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, download it illegally. So, Barbarian, what, what I really like about Barbarian is... Uh, I, I feel that it goes to so many different places and holds my interest through all of them. And I think that's one of the strongest things that any movie could do, especially a horror movie. And uh, I will say that I knew what was going on a little bit before, I guess, everyone else did, but I know the real-life case Oh, because you saw the trailer, yeah. That, yeah, that's... You that's figured that's it all it out. I know. I, I think I want to just lead with that here. So if, if anyone's ever heard of the case of Josef Fritzl, it was this, uh, I guess, this Polish dude who actually did what the guy in this movie does. Uh, Ain't no fucking way a Polish guy managed to figure all this out, dude. Uh... <laughs> Well, I, I saw light bulbs that worked in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, he did, uh, and it's so much more fucked up than uh, this movie, which takes some doing because there's some fucked up stuff in here. But uh, yeah, as I was going through, I was like, "Oh, that's what they're doing." The Osa Frisco case. I felt really good about it, and 
I started Googling. I was like, oh, Zach Krager must have based this on the Joseph Fritzl case. And he has not copped to that yet. In fact, I was reading through the Wikipedia, and apparently uh, what he said was he was inspired by the nonfiction book The Gift of Fear, which is uh, about women uh, not ignoring the uh, subconscious red flags that they encounter. And he wrote about it, and he was like, ah, this needs something else. You know, it's a little too predictable. Then he said, why don't I do something very strange that would flip the scene on its head? And uh, thus he did. Uh, that being said, I, look, I, I kind of like Bill Skarsgård in this movie. Uh, he's very awkward, but I don't think he's like a bad guy or anything, you know? I, I love that you could plausibly make the case one way or the other mm-hmm. on his character. Yeah. And, like, even when, you know, we get to the scene where he dies, like, yeah. eh, it's still unresolved, but also right. doesn't need to be. Yeah. Like, th- that is, this is a blanket statement for this movie, and part of the reason I like this so much it understands exactly what to tell you and not to tell you yeah. in a way that most movies of any genre cannot fucking figure out. Mm-hmm. And it's, I appreciated that so much. Yeah. So I just like, think he's I, perfect casting too. Cause oh, yeah. you look at him, you're like, this motherfucker's clearly going to kill this girl. I don't care how nice he's <laughs> acting. He's so awkward in here, but I kind of like the awkwardness between them. Like it's, it's awkward, but not necessarily threatening. Like, he just seems like a bit of an oddball. But also, it's an awkward situation that they're in, you know? With the both running the Airbnb and... What is it? Was the one that she used, like, Housley or something? Which I had never heard of. I don't do Airbnb. Uh, not because of this movie, but mostly because I, I, I'm more of a hotel guy, I guess. I don't know. Um... There's just yeah. there's there's something to be said about being able to be a degenerate in a room that has professional cleaners, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Also, you know, the curtain, the story that Mac told. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, for this one, uh, I, like I said, I like Bill Skarsgård in this. I like Bill Skarsgård in most things. I actually thought he did an all right job as uh, Pennywise in the It movies, uh, except for Chapter Two. But. Uh, I, that's not yeah. his fault. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not, bl- I'm, no, I'm not blaming him for that. I, I will say I really like the character of uh, Tess, who's played by Georgina Campbell. She's the main character in here. And I I like this character so much because it doesn't matter if that guy was really awkward. She's not content to just save herself, which I think would be totally respectable if she were to just get the sh- get the hell out of Dodge. One hundred percent, I'm leaving that guy in the basement. Right, yeah, exactly. Fuck him. Sorry, not I, a second I, fucking thought. I, yeah, I get it, and I would have been the same way for sure. But I kind of like that she went back. I thought that was such a good thing to do, and it's not because like oh she's attracted to him. Although there is a brief scene where she's like pulling up his photo and she kind of smiles at you like oh maybe she like is developing feelings for him she's going back because he is a human being and you know you you want to save another human being and that is a good and righteous thing to do and i like that and i knew that that's the reason that she's doing it because she does it later on for justin long do we want to talk about justin long right now uh (laughs) we can and i I, just to expand on that really quickly Uh when she goes back for bill skarsgård at the beginning i was like oh the horror movie bullshit yeah of course you you can't give me a plausible reason why this character would do that but she's just gonna do it because it has to happen to advance the plot but when she goes back for justin long it vindicates the whole fucking thing and makes you the entire first act in a different light yeah exactly and that's that's really important yeah i agree all right justin long parker do you want to take this one (laughs) Uh, well, uh, as the, someone else who also <laughs> enjoys the film Tusk, much like Alex's wife, <laughs> I had 100% forgotten that you said he was in this. <laughs> right. So, like, the first act ends 
in a very spectacular fashion. Like, mm-hmm. my god, oh, fucking yeah. Like, if the movie kiss. just ends there, you're just like, whoa. I have expected, like, are the lights gonna fucking come up? Like, it hasn't <laughs> yeah. been that long. Hell yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Amazing reveal, because up until literally the last 30 seconds, you're like, do not trust him, do not follow him. And then that thing appears, jumps at her, and cuts to black, and then just the, the opening to Justin Long in his car... I could not have been happier. I was fucking dying in my seat. <laughs> Justin Long playing a very regular dude who, uh, he definitely did it, right? Like, of course. He definitely, yeah, he definitely totally I mean, did it. Yeah. I, he said he did. I think like, that's, yeah, I think that's essentially what the movie is trying to communicate in the barroom scene where he's just like, look, it took some convincing, you know, but like, she totally I, wanted it. Like, that's, I, I, we know the language here. To To speak to that scene specifically, I actually think that's the one unnecessary scene in the movie. That, that that was yeah. the one scene. That was the one scene that made me feel like, dude, I get it. Yeah. Like, like you don't need to tell me that he actually did it. I already know based on how he's acting and the rest of this movie's context. Like, I fucking know that. You yeah, know exactly. Yeah. If there had been a little bit more mystery to it, I suppose it would have been good. But like you said, we can tell from the way that he's acting, and we also can tell from like I, I, the basic well, atmosphere of the current moment that we know what's going on here. Mystery is a great way to describe it because I would have loved to fucking hear some MRAs who watched this movie and be like, "Oh no, he totally didn't do it." Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, <laughs> like, like it was the accusation that changed. But also, like, like later on guy, at, at the climax, <laughs> also in the climax, he said, "I've hurt people," and we're just like, uh, "Okay, he's you know mm-hmm. basically copying to it." So, I think I think I feel- that was fairly obvious. That scene feels unnecessary, but probably the thing, like, if we don't just almost explicitly say it, the most annoying people on the fucking planet are going to be like, well, actually. Yeah, I we'll just fucking yeah. stomp this out in one two-minute scene in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it, that could have been a lot worse than it was. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a movie killer. So, the thing about Justin Long is, as contemptible of an act as that was, he's definitely my favorite character in this movie, because he's so fucking funny and it's not Justin Long specifically although he does have some comedy shops here the character does things that crack me up he's he's gone to this house in Detroit right and he's looking for squares he discovers the secret basement dungeon and his first thought is I can get some uh, more money for the square footage here he's like googling how do I get money for square footage he's he discovers all this torture basement shit and he's just like alright 16 it by is 8 <laughs> amazing when he when he when he briefly sits on the bed in the fucking snuff room and then like looks down and goes ew <laughs> like, yeah like, it's, it's fucking, like a... for those who haven't seen it he covers a room that like it's a dingy room hidden in a basement behind a secret door. That room is a bed and a camera pointed at the bed, and, and there's a, a and bloody a handprint on the wall. Yeah, yeah, and a bloody handprint on the wall. He scoots the bed out of the way to, to put the tape measure down <laughs> to measure the room so he can list it for more when he flips the house. Dude, that was like fucking one of my favorite things. I genuinely thought that there was going to be a scene, and this gets back to what uh, Alex mentioned about the opening of the South Park movie. I thought he was going to like push past the uh, the freakish monster mother character down there and be like, get out of my way, as he's like measuring yeah. the fucking... <laughs> The tonal shift between Acts 1 and 2, it's fucking masterful. It yeah. is insane. I We're having a big party this weekend. I desperately wish this was on digital already. Yeah. I would make everyone sit down and watch it. It would be such a good time. Yeah, I hope you feel good by then. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. that's what the alcohol's for. Yeah. Yeah, you make it work. See, the thing is with uh, the twist, this is also gets back to what I mentioned about Primal with telling a story without words. Once it goes back to say, like, oh, 30 years ago, and there's just a guy, as soon as I saw this, actually, 
kind of before I saw this guy going to the supermarket, buying all this stuff. Uh, I, I kind of knew what was going on when it was showing, like, the, the breastfeeding documentary thing. I was like, I, I, I know what's going on. This is the U.S. Oh, yeah. thing, which I've read about. And the, the reason I, I bring this up so much is that I... I, I guess I was like one of those uh, uh, girls who listens to like true crime pro- uh, podcasts, which I've never listened to before, by the way, and I have no desire to listen to it. Just doesn't sound like a lot of fun. And to I me. have not, and will never fuck a canine. That <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> it's it's more so the fact that like I would read stuff about like this or Edmund Kemper or Dean Coral and think, why has no one made a movie about this yet? This would be scary. But uh, also, it's like. Some of the stuff where you see adaptations of it, they end up not being so good. This was uh, actually kind of sensational as the adaptation because it is very, very accurate for a lot of this. And then when they need to change stuff, they they change it in a good way. For example, in the real-life Josef Fritzl case, uh, the people who were kept underneath the house were very, very weak. They were very... uh, They were were, uh, impossible to look at with the light on. They were were always walking in in like a hunched... uh, way because the ceiling was so low and they were barely subsisting on food uh and in this one she's got super strength and uh ordinarily i'd say like oh come on that's a bit much but uh, it leads to my favorite jump scare in movie history so <laughs> with a homeless guy at the end it's like oh there's no way she's coming out here and she just fucking <laughs> he got three words in that sentence and i started to lean over and say he's fucking dead and then just <laughs> ripped apart i Look, I, I knew that guy was going to die, yeah. beyond a shadow of a doubt. I did not know his arm was going to be ripped out of its fucking socket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking owned. Dude. That was fucking great, man. I loved it. I loved it just the way that it was. Uh, <laughs> fucking Justin Long, this whole bit. I keep thinking about him just getting down at this great... It looks like... I, I think I mentioned this when I, when I first saw it. This movie reminds me more of Silent Hill than the Silent Hill movies. Like, when they go down to that basement, there's that creaky, like, grate covering it up. I was just like, man, that is what I'm thinking of when I think of Silent Hill. Uh, not so much the scene where Justin Long yeets her off the water tower. Oh, my God. Uh, which, that uh, scene is incredible. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that scene is there was a, a, a line of dialogue that I really liked before that. And I'll, I'll go into this one here. Justin Long says, I know I've hurt people in the past, and I just want to know if there's any way that I could do anything for redemption in some way that I could possibly confront what I've done and forgive myself, which by the way, that's a huge tenet of silent Hill. And I was like, wow, that is interesting. We have the option that this might occur. And then he throws her off the, uh, the water tower in order to save himself. And I wasn't mad. I don't think that was a wasted opportunity because they set up the option and there's one of two ways it could have gone. And did it go with a more likely one? Yeah, sure. I guess it was a little bit more predictable, but, uh, I'm just glad that they raised the possibility that he could have maybe been a good person there. So I just love that he, he has this redemption moment. 30 seconds later, pushes her off the edge. She finds out she's still alive. She's like, Oh my God, I... He started falling. I couldn't get to you in time. I'm, he starts lifting up. I'm saving you. I'm saving yeah. you now. It's going to be okay. It's a good thing I'm here. I, I, I love this character. Yeah. That that whole scene is, like, the reason that I know that I couldn't make movies. Because that slow-mo fall of her off the water tower, there's no way that I wouldn't have been able to play mm, what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's, it it would have been in the movie. I couldn't have stopped myself. Yeah. I... 
and you know, good for them for having the restraint to not be as stupid as I am. Yeah, you know, I'm actually thinking about the pacing for this movie. The pacing of the first act is very slow. It's very deliberate, and at the time, that was the only part that I didn't understand. I was like, "What are they doing? Why do they keep setting up these characters?" And I think I really ended up appreciating it because I kind of like Bill Skarsgård's character. I liked how awkward he was. I don't think he was going to butcher uh, Tess. I think he just wanted to sleep with her, but also knew enough. I think he knew well enough to back off a bit. Uh, she gave him a lot of no signs. He just wasn't very good at taking the nose. But uh, maybe you could sit here and drink this wine with me. I, I don't know. If you're into wine, I don't know. I mean, I well, I opened it. I, I guess I have to finish it. You, I don't know. You can watch me it. open it. It's okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of liked that pacing because it's so different from Act Two, which I really liked. <laughs> I really, I... it's, it's a good way to like keep people paying attention in your movie. You know, I'm not saying that like, oh, well, you know, who's not going to pay attention to Barbarian? But in a lot of horror movies, like, especially like the Annabelle, the, the fucking stuff like that, like, you're going to lose interest. You're not really going to care. Then you're going to wonder, how did I get from point A to point D? You know, this one is as soon as you see like the wide open California thing with a with a fucking car and him singing that stupid song. You're like immediately your head snaps up. You're just like, "What? Why are we? Where are you going with this one, Zachary?" Like the way Act One just slowly ramps up the tension, scene after scene after scene for like almost forty minutes, leading to like an all-time great. What the fuck is that jump scare? And mm-hmm. then the movie just turns into a comedy for thirty minutes, and then turns into one of the weirdest things I've seen in a theater in a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing I actually totally forgot about, and I wanted to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we start out with her pulling up to the house at night in the pouring yes. rain. You're going to say what I was about to say. Absolutely. Yes. When, he's, when it turns to the next day and she steps outside and you see with her for the first time what that neighborhood actually looks like. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's how you know it's a real movie. Because that's such a great small detail without a word being said. Oh, yeah. Of her just like looking side to side like, oh, Fuck, I should not be here. This was a mistake. That's a really good point, yeah. It's, and and like, the thing that I would say that this movie has that most movies don't have is restraint. Um, because it's things like that, and you know, it's such a weird thing to say about the scene where, with, uh, you know, the, or the, a movie that has, you know, Justin Long's bathroom scene, which I, I know at least two of us are dying to just yell into our microphones right now, <laughs> but, uh, um, not me, of course, you two, but, um, but uh, even things like, you know, when we get the, like, later, when Justin Long finds the old guy in the basement, and they have, the, you know, the library of tapes, and he pushes the tape into the machine, and, like, for, in most movies, you're like, oh, fuck, they're not going to show it, are they? But in this movie, you're not worried about it. Right, yeah. Because this point. movie builds that trust with you, where it's like, this isn't a fucking snuff film. They're not going to show you a snuff film within a snuff film. You know what's on the tape. The movie knows you're not fucking dumb. Yeah. Like, this is, like if, if this you movie, stuck around for yeah. this long, you know what's up. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I appreciate the details like that so much, because I feel like this movie... There are so many horror movies that you watch, and, like, they make you feel fucking stupid. There's no other way to put it. Mm. Like, they just... The way that they just spell everything out for you, and, like, the way they have, you know, just fucking exposition characters come in and say things. It's just like, this is for dumb people. And, like, I don't feel like this movie's dumb, and I really, really like that. 
Oh yeah, this isn't this isn't dumb. But the other thing about it is, I feel like a dumb person could watch this and they'd still totally understand what happened. They'd call it like, exactly. "Whoa, that was freaky," but like they would they would be able to say, "This happened, this happened, this happened," and they know what and, happened. And, and and I like that's because I think you have to give your viewers some credit when you make a fucking movie. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's you know that's why everybody hates these. Oh, that just happened scenes uh, because yeah. it's like. Yeah, man, we fucking know. Yeah. The dumbest guy in the audience knows what just happened. Like, like it, it's not... It, like, I'm not sitting here like, oh, I'm so smart. I figured out Barbarian. I learned what was going on before the trailer even released, you know, from all the marketing. Yeah. Like, that's not the fucking point. It's like, yeah, everyone that's there does know what's going on. Because you're sitting in a theater. You're not on your phone. You're not talking to anybody. You're focused on this fucking thing in front of you. Like, you can follow it. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. It's really not. And thank you, thank you to the director for understanding that. The director, like, who again, Zach Kreger of uh, Whitest Kids You Know, which uh, I think this still is still insane. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I, you know, this. I don't know if this is a fair thing to say, but it kind of made me wish that like Trevor Moore was still alive because I bet he'd play like the Justin Long role in this, and he would have been even funnier. Or he would have played the Bill Skarsgård role. He would have been even more awkward. You know. So, I swear uh, Bill Skarsgård did the Pennywise eyes thing at one point when they were down he in did. that cave. Yes. Okay. I, yes. I thought I imagined yes. it. Yeah. Which, uh, I, that, I, I, that, him being Pennywise is the reason he's in this fucking movie. Like, I, I have no source on that, but, like, that's that's clearly why. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's like, perfect. Be, because it, having somebody who's been a villain before in that role, you know, it, it's going to make you think at least subconsciously, like, oh, typecasting. Right. He's yeah. just playing a villain again. Right. Like, it's him in a horror that's movie. That's why it's so smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, he uh, legitimately doesn't do anything wrong the entire time. But you just know because he's who he is, and she's in this weird situation. It's like, you better lock that fucking door. I don't oh, care yeah. what happens. Dude, that was that thing with that fucking door. That I haven't been in a horror movie like that in a while where there's... Everyone talks about, like, you're watching a horror movie, and you're like, oh, don't go downstairs or something like that. That wasn't what I was thinking. My first thought was, nail that door open, you know? Just keep <laughs> that thing open. Find some way to do something about that door. It was driving me nuts. <laughs> that And that reminds me of one thing that I also really liked about the first act of this movie, mm-hmm. and the second act, for that matter. Yeah. All of the doors opening and closing just not having any plot relevance just being a thing that happened because it's like a weirdly built house fucking love that oh yeah for sure because like, like, been in houses I'm like that <laughs> yeah i'm so happy there wasn't somebody pushing the bedroom door open in the middle of the night that it's just like oh this was actually just a coincidence what if, what if they were like, all in like a virtual reality and there was like a script that he was writing to open the doors automatically? <laughs> better movie because <laughs> like when she finds him on the couch he's like having some fucked up night terrors like I didn't watch a trailer. He could be possessed. I don't know what this fucking movie is. This could be anything. It's like, no, he's just having like a fucked up dream, and then the door's open for some reason. Mm-hmm. And that's good. That's It's nice to have, again, just a spooky thing happened, but there's not a ghost explanation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the things I, I talked about briefly earlier is uh, the Silent Hill thing, where like the creaky grate uh, in the basement and... To me, it's the feel. There's a sort of tactile feel to this movie, especially in the third act, we talked about, like, 90s basements. Oh, man, 90s basements with wood panel walls. Those are so dope. That is the grossest basement with it, where you see the guy in his lair and his bed and his TV and his gun. <laughs> like, I have... You can smell that room. <laughs> it is maybe it the is grossest vile. thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And uh, I, I kind of liked it that way because you, you don't need, like, uh, a, like 
too many shots of like the gross uh, liquids and everything and uh, the laundry everywhere. You can just take a look at it. It feels like someone painted the scene to be as grody as possible. And I, I really like that. I appreciate nasty, filthy, disgusting layers with tapes of... I mean, they never say what's on it. I just, my yeah. brains just jump to... It's rape. Yeah. Children. Rape I didn't jump to children, honestly. Like, I just assumed, like... But, you know, maybe not. Yeah, I, I think well, what they were trying to do is there was, like, he was kidnapping women and raping them and impregnating them, and then there were kids. Copy of, copy of, copy of, like uh, the homeless guys it says at the end. So, oh, yeah. I, I actually was just about to bring that up, mm-hmm. because I think that given what we have in this movie... I think it makes the movie makes it pretty clear that that's like not exactly what was happening. I, now I'm not saying there wasn't you know incest and stuff going on, but like this guy didn't have a fucking supermax prison built underground to hold all of these you know women and babies of women and babies of babies and babies. That's just like the urban legend part of it taking over, which I think is also one thing that's really cool about this movie is. You got this guy that lives on the street. This this homeless guy, I think, is like mm-hmm. an extremely compelling character. Oh yeah, you know, we we're introduced to him when he's like running up to the house to try to stop her from going in, in the mm-hmm. first place, which is a great like, introduction too. Amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing, because every movie viewer knows exactly what's going on in that scene. Mm. Like, uh, but uh, you know, he's just like saying stuff, and most of the stuff that he's saying, like, ends up being pretty wrong. You know, she comes out of the house and she's like saying you know about the 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 lady that was you know that killed bill skarsgård and was like down there and she still had somebody and the homeless guy's like well she's not even the scariest thing down there and the the scariest thing down there's like an infirm old man yeah and that's yeah, and it's like, like an urban legend sort of thing exactly yeah. like and and the way that like again I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other whether you know the 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 you know the the evil mommy lady is like you know fifth generation of incest or second or whatever it doesn't fucking matter Mm -hmm. but like it just i thought that that line and the way it was delivered was supposed to be like part of the mythos it kind of sounded like something that gerald would say i was a fuck you beat me too (laughs) (laughs) i was so ready i I was i was i felt like a dog about to like pounce on that fucking thing all right well you got you cannot take my hey arnold references (laughs) from me fucker (laughs) my fastest finger you will lose every time (laughs) Uh, my brain leaped to things that I don't think were in the movie because it reminded me of a different police story that also involved uh, a secluded house where uh, many crimes were done that the police covered up and then the house just mysteriously burned down when the neighborhood was coming against it out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And like, I swear, so the two cops that she's dealing with, right. right? Yeah. The white one looked like exactly like the old man, right? Did I? Did my brain just fucking put that together? I... I didn't Very see similar. I I, okay. I don't think I saw that. He was on screen. There was like a close up for like two seconds as they were driving off. So. Yeah, but he's also sitting in the passenger seat, so you can't really uh, yeah. see it. I looked it up right now. It's a different guy. Anyway, uh, I kind of like the cop scene in this movie, in which it's a they're portrayed as unhelpful, but b it's also like they have a lot of shit to deal with. But also, that's the kind of neighborhood where it was like, well, they're not gonna fucking do anything, you know? Uh, and it's it's a brief scene and. They're not trying to do like an A cap thing or anything. Uh, it, it's it's more so it, it's it's portraying a situation in which you think that would be the first place that she would go for help, and she can't do anything about it, and thus she is putting the situation in her own hands. And I gotta tell you, 
ramming the car into the house itself. I like that. I uh, I, I thought that was good. Parker, you were thinking about the same movie that I was, right? Is that what's happening? <laughs> okay, just making sure. Which one? Spree. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I actually I liked the way that Tess kept trying to get the police involved as a characterization tool. Yeah. Because it's only somebody that's coming from the coast to this kind of neighborhood that would even think the police would respond in the first place. Oh yeah, for sure. Like like and I appreciated the way that the the way they responded to her, like changed her demeanor throughout the movie. Oh yeah. Because like even, you know, like the guy the guy on the street's like, the police aren't gonna fucking help. Are you kidding me? Like how do you not know that? Mm-hmm. Like like almost looking at her like, come on, you should know this. But like she doesn't. And like that's I, I think that's like a really important, like, subtle characterization in this movie. I guess it's not that subtle, but you know. Yeah. You know the other thing I liked about this, and maybe this is a small thing, but it's it's just something that I really liked, is where she goes to that job interview and she meets that woman, right? And the woman's like, Your house is there? You gotta get the fuck out of there. The the neighborhood is so fucking sketchy, you can yeah. get killed. Like, right. And her first thought as soon as she gets home is, I'm gonna get my shit, I'm gonna go. Right? And I, I thought that that is so different from other horror movies. Other horror movies would find some idiotic way to keep her uh, there. Like, oh, I don't know, I'm still attracted to Bill Skarsgård or something. Or like, oh, this house is calling out to me, the mystery or something like that. It's like, no, she finds the, the psycho dungeon beneath the house and she gets stuck in there. And that's why she's still there. I, I, I thought that was great because, I, again, I... I I've seen enough of these to know how most of these movies go. And I know ways that you keep characters in these situations. This one did a much better job. Speaking of, I I really like the, the scene in which she discovers the uh, underground dungeon lair. You know, where she, she uses a mirror with the light to try to shine down on... Uh, what's what's beneath the house the other re- the other thing i like about it is she doesn't do what I-, I guess i'm reminded of halle berry in gothica she seems like the character who would have gone there even if she didn't hear bill skarsgård calling out uh but the fact that she hears bill skarsgård calling out is the reason that she goes down there because otherwise she she does the, do the whole uh i was reminded unfortunately of the black girl from Jurassic world dominion who <laughs> who does the whole nope thing uh which look hey cool i get it but i i'm I'm glad that they actually did something with that speaking of jurassic Jurassic world dominion you guys know there's a longer cut on streaming now don't talk to me you i don't want to hear it (laughs) you uh, you, that's a movie i wanted more of (laughs) that basement scene my asshole is just tied as humanly possible the entire time and then to reveal like now here's another secret door down these dark ass fucking uh, right? Dude, stairs. Oh, for sure. Absolutely yes. fuck yourself. Yeah. I, I so that that scene in a weird way hit really close to home for me as somebody that's done a decent amount of like exploring of abandoned buildings cuz like I was immediately taken back to uh there there's a out near Fort Meade, Chris. There's a uh there's an abandoned like uh like children's hospital complex it's like 20 some buildings it's just like in the middle of the fucking woods it's super cool like like uh not saying that because you would want to go or anything but uh yeah (laughs) but uh um one of the buildings like one of the main administrative buildings you can get down in like the sewer tunnels and they're not like connected to like the main sewer it's just like these just like ladders like going down and then going further and then going down and like 
We went pretty fucking deep before everybody talked me out of going further, because I was the one that wanted to keep going, because oh. I was like, this is so fucking cool, I'm never going to see something like this again. See, yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this scene, and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, why did yeah. me eight years ago want to do all this? <laughs> I feel like a fucking sicko now. Yeah. See, that's the thing, I totally understand the whole, I'm never going to see anything like this again, it's a spectacle, you know? Like, I have got to yeah. see how just how deep this fucking goes. Then you end up in China. But... This one, like, I, I I can't believe I was saying it, but I, I felt internally being like, don't go down there, you know? But uh, luckily she did, and I kind of liked the movie for it, you know? There was one in our theater, like, on the opposite side, I just hear, why is she so concerned with him? Get upstairs. <laughs> again, that's the thing that I like about this character so much, is she is such a good person. She is a better, she is the sort of person that people ought to aspire to be, to want to save this person. To want to save Justin Long, you know, the the wanting to save Justin Long. <laughs> I know exactly how I would handle this situation. Now I, I revise my earlier statement. What is that? I would discover the second set of stairs. I would hear him yelling, and I would stand at the top and yell, "I told you about stairs, dog. Oh, I gosh. warned you, bro." <laughs> it keeps happening. <laughs> Alex is the only one on this show who makes Homestuck references. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you know. You know what I, I really like about this movie? And now we're sort of talking outside the movie. Uh, this movie is making some money, you know? Uh, this movie is making a fair amount of money. Now, saying it's making more money than Don't Worry Darling is not the highest praise in the world because uh, Avatar is making more money than Don't Worry Darling. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I really like a lot more. <laughs> but uh, this is apparently, it's not slowing down. I was following people who like track like a uh, movie, like a horror movie going to week four, making like what seventy one million dollars week four. It's good. It's real good. It's, this, it's a word of mouth. Yeah, movie. this has uh, those legs. are the best kind. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, I don't follow releases as much as I used to, but as someone who's like decently in the know with the upcoming horror, I had never fucking heard of this until like embargoes lifted and everyone I followed was like, "Go see this. Don't read anything." I was like, "Where?" What is this? Directed by that guy from why the slow jerk guy? Like, what the fuck? Okay, sure. And then when you two are like, no, seriously, this is fucking incredible. I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess we're seeing it. We yeah. got skinny. I, I mean, when I, when I walked out of that, like the first thing I was like, I can't believe you thought there's even a possibility that I wouldn't like this. Yeah, you mentioned this movie's that. incredible. Like, well, it, again, no, it's it's fine. As we said last episode or wherever the episode where we talked about it. It is a horror movie, to which you rejoined her, I don't hate horror movies, and to which we met with you with the response, you should. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it feels more like the, like Yoda would say, you will. <laughs> you will. <laughs> Sense of disturbance in this basement. <laughs> Smoke some bleach you should have. So, so the, for all the people who are calling it this year's Malignant, I agree in the extent that it is the year's only good horror movie. Uh, I'm not watching Pearl, but uh, or I I will literally chop off my own dick before I watch Pearl. <laughs> no, dude. Uh, that is I, that is not for I, me. I, right off all I need to see is that A24 production logo in front of a horror movie to tell you to go fuck. Parker, yourself. when you watch it and you enjoy it. I'm not holding anything against you. It's just that's. I haven't seen the trailer at all. Yeah, my girl. Oh my god, that's know, the worst trailer. It's, it's, Maybe the worst trailer I've ever I have, seen. In I my actually life. haven't seen the trailer either, and I. I that's interesting it, to me. That trailer, I so we got that trailer in front of Barbarian, mm -hmm. and like, like I literally like 
was making noises at how much I was disgusted by that trailer because it's like, <laughs> like the whole fucking thing, the whole fuck the whole no le- legitimately like 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 to the point that like my wife started laughing at me yeah <laughs> like, just, I bet. just knowing how how repulsed I was by this fucking trailer I'm just like oh gosh I'm just a little country girl and then the next scene is like loud noise and like her stabbing a guy in the face with a pitchfork it's like oh yeah. A24. It's what you guys do. I, There's I, your loud I, noise. I, There's your old people nudity. See, I was, There's I was like, your fucking slow holds. I was yep, thinking of that's fucking, all of it. If you were in the theater and it starts playing the Pearl Trader, you just go, Ew! <laughs> 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 I thought that's what you meant by signaling your disgust vocally. But uh, I, I, I want to go back to comparing this to Malignant, or more importantly, not doing that, because I don't think that Malignant is a very good comparison for this. Uh, Malignant is there. There were moments when we talked about Malignant where we weren't quite sure if it was cheesy or like actually good. Like the the whole "it's time to cut out the cancer." That's not what the that's not what Fuck, Barbarian. I gotta watch that again. Yeah, yeah I'm really gotta yeah, watch yeah, that yeah, again. Same. Probably, yeah, that might be in our future. But like Barbarian is not that kind of movie. Barbarian. It, how do I put it? It's, it's not so much that it takes itself seriously, but it's a more serious movie. You it's know? a good movie. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> as opposed to a movie that might not be good. Yeah, as opposed to a um, movie that's good but spelled differently. You know. <laughs> so, so let me let me translate because I have compared this movie to Malignant for a different reason mm-hmm. multiple times to different people. All right. Every single person that watched and enjoyed Malignant will watch and enjoy this movie. Every single yeah. one of them. Oh, yeah. And making sure every single one of those butts gets into a theater for this is really important. Yeah. So comparing it to Malignant, that's going to get all the piggies. That's going to get repicked to watch this movie. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's why I, I, like, literally I got out. And, like, I think even before I texted you guys, I, he was, like, one of, like, two other people I pinged. I'm like, I know you guys are my Malignant piggies. Go watch this movie as soon as you can. Don't read anything. Like, it's it, it, you will have you will enjoy this for a lot of the same reasons you enjoyed that movie even if the movies are nothing alike yeah for sure although th- the the people who enjoyed malignant are such a broad group there's a lot of people who enjoyed malignant who are going to enjoy pearl and uh for those people if you're listening to this podcast sorry hey we'll see man <laughs> anything's yeah. possible yeah yeah yeah. Oh God. Hey, it's not on streaming yet. I'm not paying to see it. You know what else I liked about this? Uh, I like that they didn't really sexualize the main character. You know, they didn't have like a bunch of like ass shots or like cleavage shots, which you see in a lot of other horror movies. And it's just like, no, it's just well, have it depends on who you define as the main character. There's a lot of titty, dude. Oh well, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, not the kind you want. Oh my so. God, the close up of the breastfeeding. I love movies, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Cinema is back. Yeah. Boy, imagine being on set for that scene. Oh God, I wish. Yeah, imagine being Shout on out set. To Justin Long, he doesn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine being on set for the game of games. Oh uh, well, like <laughs> you mentioned that. <laughs> prefer not to be. Yeah. Well. All right. Let's see. All <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty in the fucking. <laughs> Uh, let's let's run down last week's events first. Um, so uh, Parker's teams went two and three. He got wins from 
his Browns and his Rams. Almost got one from his Lions. Almost yeah. got one from his Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Didn't get particularly close with his Commanders, but you know, that no. happens. Yeah, well, I, uh, I understand the double points thing. It's very enticing. I'd say, how can you not? What I other mean, games would I have picked? <laughs> My <laughs> God. I... I managed to get wins from the Bengals and Ravens, the two layups on the board. And then I somehow ended up with the Raiders, Giants, and Texans, three teams I bet against with my own money in real life. <laughs> so <laughs> you figure that one out yeah. because I, I just I opened this up. I'm like, how the fuck did I end up doing that? Like, how drunk was I last episode? What was going on there? And uh, Chris, hard luck loss with your Bills. Big win for your Eagles. Hard luck loss for your Chargers. Big win for your Vikings. And the big 4X on your Cowboys. <laughs> Got you a lot of wins in the back. Oh, yeah, there we go. I felt good so about my yeah. Cowboys. The records this week, 3-2 and two for Chris, 2-3 and three for Parker and I. But if we're summing up the grand totals of wins with uh, um, Chris getting double points for his Eagles and quad points for his Cowboys. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah. Chris, the current leader in quote-unquote wins, you know, yeah, with the bonus right, points. Yeah. He has 12 on the year, Whoa. 7 still left to spend. I have 6 with 6 left to spend, and Parker has 10 with 6 left to spend. Now, would anyone like to dole out some assignments? Uh, no, I'm, I'm good for now. <laughs> You're good? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about one. I'm also thinking about one. I just, I can't decide who I want to give it to. Yeah. I forgot, I I really should write down, like, oh, this would be a good assignment. I, I so I normally do, mm-hmm. but uh, one of the things that I had locked away for one of you guys is now just going to be for me, because I need an under 3.0 on IMDb movie, which is really hard to find. <laughs> oh, well, I have a list of movies. Oh, no, no, never mind. Well, right, right, no, that, that, that doesn't qualify, I know. Uh, yeah, well, I, I looked at a movie on said list because, you know, you post that link, I'm not going to not click it. Yeah. Because I was like, let me see what kind of ratings this got. See if I, I can watch it for content. Turns out I cannot, but I can make one of you guys do it. Oh, good. Tell you what, I will I'm use an assignment. That. I'm going to use it on okay. Alex, so uh, okay. expect to watch it by 2024. Uh, yeah, you said you've definitely. never seen uh, Beavis and Butthead to America. so That is correct. Well, let's put uh, that one in there. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Cooper Rush. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this movie's on the list. Can I sign it to Chris anyways? Because I'm too lazy to research. Well, I, I will it's know fine. if it's on the list. Don't worry. Yeah. What yeah. is it? Well, well. Uh, okay, so so here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If uh, you assign a movie to Chris and Chris goes to watch it and it's on the list, you will get back however many wins you used on that minus one. So... I will refund oh, okay. you 80%. That's a good deal. So that's Yeah, that's fair. Because it's, yeah. it's actually just a nice pick. It's not just me being me yeah, because uh, yeah. the movie your dad assigned is <laughs> one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Yeah, what was uh, it? Chris, as someone who loves the movies, uh, you will really enjoy Matinee by one Joe Dante. Let me look this up. You will have a wonderful time with this. Speed 93. It is on a completely different list. Uh, this yeah. is... On Jonathan Rosenbaum's Essential Cinema list at number eight ninety six. So, uh, what? Oh my good! Oh, yeah. dude! Yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy! Oh, yeah! Oh my! You're gonna have a real good time. You're gonna be watching that tonight. You're gonna have a real good time. This 
Oh my god, this could be a future episode. So. Sean Goodman just rolling into town with his shitty B movies. This incredibly good B movie. Think of all that honey he has. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, why don't I complete the trifecta by assigning a movie to Parker then? Hell yeah. Because I, I feel like Parker might get more out of this than Chris anyway, as an assignment. This is a movie that I found on Chris's list of the worst movies ever made that has a surprisingly respectable IMDb rating and also is on Netflix, apparently. A movie that I have never heard of and did not know existed mm-hmm. called That's My Boy. Now, Parker, oh, are you, f- God are damn you familiar it. with this movie? Yes. I don't remember this one. What is That's My Boy? Fuck, okay, I know so exactly here, what this here, is. Here is the premise. Uh, 17-year-old Adam Sandler is in high school and fucks his hot teacher and knocks her up. And she has to go to jail because she's a rapist. What but, uh, the fuck? But, uh, you know, single dad Adam Sandler raises little baby Andy Samberg up and then has to get back involved in his life now that he's an adult. So, uh, you figure out how the fuck this movie exists. When did, when did this come out? 2012. Oh, that's... the director of Daddy's Home, Daddy's Home 2, Horrible Bosses 2, and Sex Drive. Future episode. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Sex Drive is probably... <laughs> Sex Drive Fox. Future assignment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and, God. Uh, boy, damn. that sounds... Look. Look, somebody had to. Right. Oh. I would have. I would have just taken it myself, but the score's too high. Yeah. I mean, the wheel. You, the wheel says I can't. That, yeah, Parker rules are rules. Oh, vanilla ice is... as himself. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> oh. Wow. Thanks for fucking nothing, Lions. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, is all right. that all we got for that? I think it is. Yeah. Well, we got to move into our draft now. But mm-hmm. yes. Do you need me to screen share? Or? Uh, yeah, if you could, please. Because yeah, we will forget what team we just took three seconds ago. I, I know, dude. <laughs> yum, yum. Oh, all these fucking dweebs. All right. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and pick first, and I'm going to take the Packers again. Boy. I mean, how can I not? You know, they're they're playing against yeah. fucking Brian Hoyer. Axel, Axel Hoyer. Axel, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Uh, second pick goes to Parker. Oh, my um, Rams, please. Rams? Okay. That's a good one. Uh, Who the fuck are the Rams playing? Uh, San, Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Good luck. Yeah. I don't know about most of these, my dude. I, it's, <laughs> it's fair. That's, this is very fair. So I was like, oh, who are the Bears playing? Oh. Yeah. That, was, that was my other gimme. Oh, yeah. boy. I will take uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Oh. Eagles. We're going to need to put right. Hurts in the same category as Wentz for if he posts his name to get banned. Uh, we'll wait for him to lose first. Fair. Uh, you get one more, Chris. Okay. Oh. These I don't know small. if I want one more. <laughs> this is, these are, these are, this is fucking dying. Yeah, this isn't, isn't very good. Um, well, what are the... Uh, tell you what, let's take uh, the number one Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins playing on Thursday night with Teddy Bridgewater, probably. I forgot he was... Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> that's what happened with Parker. the Chargers. I forgot that uh, Herbert has a hurt uh, thing. Yeah. So... Well, my Lions won't disappoint me twice in a row. Fuck! <laughs> I was going to do What are the odds? Okay. Well, I... Alright. 
I'm just gonna go ahead and take the Chargers. Because there's no fucking. I'm not losing fucking Houston. And. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, let me see how the. You know what? They're not getting back to me. Give me the Cowboys. Damn it! I was, I was. <laughs> Give me them double points. I was really that is a clown ball get, game. I was really hoping we could wait for the fucking four on the on the bottom. We get the easiest four I, wins of my life. That's I. That's I. I, I knew. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. Damn it, um, Parker. Man. You're you're up, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, now that the modern warfare beta is over, I'm gonna take my Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I booted that up. Game one starts. It hasn't even loaded yet. I just hear, is this the new Fortnite? And I was like, dude, we're back. It's so Hell good. Yeah, dude. Proximity Chef yeah, fucking dude. owns, dude. Dude, I told my brother about this, the story about Yoga Scoon playing uh, Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. Fucking <laughs> ass. Just a riding a bear. Fucking prick. Oh my god. All right, Chris, two for you. Two for me? Fuck. Two for you, boy. I you need... <laughs> don't know that I want to. <laughs> All right. Uh, what team out here is good? None of the above. <laughs> Correct. I... All the good teams are playing each other, and all the bad right, teams yeah. are also playing each other. I know. Other. This is fucking me in the ass right now. Um, let's, t let's get weird with it. I want to get weird. Let's take uh, Famous Jameis overseas. Okay, the Saints. And yeah, um, I, that... I seem to remember him having five turnovers the last time he played in London. That's but... what but makes it fun. Cause I, uh... Technically in London, is that technically a primetime game over there? I No. I don't, I, don't, so. I don't know what time they play in London. I don't it's, wake up for well, those games. Well, it's 9.30 in the morning. It's here, on so. my screen, retard. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, in their time, not <laughs> our time. A, that says uh, 9.30 is fucking there. Anyway, uh... Although they do seem like a country. Anyway. Let's go with Pittsburgh. I was going to do it if you didn't. Oh, I, don't, I don't like it, but it's, I don't yeah, want yeah, any dude. part of that Chicago versus New York game. No. That's so why I will take my Browns. The Browns? Okay. Oh, that's probably a good pick. Fuck. Should have got right. one up. Parker can have your Browns. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So I've got two. I like. I know who my teams are. I just got to figure out who I want the multiplier on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we engineer a scenario where we say stuff like that. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Okay. All right. My first pick is going to be the Jaguars, and my second pick is going to be the Vikings against Jameis London. <laughs> All right. Parker. <laughs> well, I will be taking the largest team in the NFL. <laughs> You're gonna have to be more specific, buddy. <laughs> oh, my, my apologies. <laughs> I mean, I guess the Giants. Like, yeah, the yeah. Bears look like the only worst team. Now, 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 Chris, I want you to remember before you make your last pick, you get four X points in the Commanders. Yeah, man, try it. And it works out yeah, super we're getting well. right on that. No, I'm, I'm gonna go with Buffalo. That's that's Just fair. Buffalo's gonna win that game. I did not want to touch that game. I do not blame you. Yeah. 
I was so considering the Buffalo being the 15th four. pick is fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, man, that was tempting. It is, it is, dude. It's tempting. Yeah, God. Yeah, it's, I, if, why do you think I took the fucking Cowboys seventh? I, I know. Dude, I was... Oh, man. I was really hoping they'd fall again. Well, good news. Oh, and here, I'm real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna. Dude, if the Commanders win that game and none of us took them... Oh... Just wasted points uh, on our bird boy. You're talking me into going back. You can't do right? that. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're talking me into it. Do you really want the Giants? Right, okay, all right, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, right, time out. Right. Let's, let's see how, how, how seriously you guys are considering the commanders. Do you guys want to do an extra round of uh, where you get double for wins, but also uh, losses count for double? No, fuck yeah, I do. Uh, More than anything uh, on Earth. <laughs> All right, Chris, go ahead. You're first up. <laughs> Give me the commanders. God damn it. <laughs> Minus four. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's worth a lot. I feel like the only uh, safe bet is to hedge my bets and just take the Ravens, because anything can fucking happen in that game. That is true. And also, I refuse to invest in... Uh, Raiders versus Broncos. I will be goddamned if I have any stakes in that. Oh, that looks bad. That looks real bad. I see a big nap coming this Sunday. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Jesus. Ooh, yeah. I'll be driving back. Uh, only three games? Whoa. Oh, oh. oh, wait. I think oh, Sunday man. they're showing the Ronnie James Dio documentary at the Alamo. So. <laughs> All right. See you there, buddy. <laughs> There's a Dio documentary. Is uh, hold on. Is that a movie party? Can I? No, just yell? it's not a movie party. They don't do movie yum, party matches for yum. documentaries. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> All right, I'll take the Chiefs. Been down to. I'm counting out touchdown, see. Tom. That's where we're at. That's no. I refuse. All right. <laughs> I well, can't uh, believe I've tied this to the Commanders. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> the idea of it being negative if you lose yeah, <laughs> is so it's a good. good bit. <laughs> I was so fucking ready to dive on that grenade. In fact, you know, let me. <laughs> this is how I go to it. Like Alex, that so I don't. Hell forget. yeah, dude. Yeah. Ugh. Coincidentally, if I went, like, I didn't want to, to do that, this either. And then I also watched. That's my boy. I would have been incredibly upset with all. Yeah. That. I... <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> right, let's go back to the shack. I made a poo-poo platter for everybody. <laughs> Oh, no! Ah! And that's the tea, sis.